Come and sit by the fire for another episode of the Going Up Cast, your snow-covered feel-good podcast with a review of the latest Grinch movie, more songs for your daily commute, a few more chapters of Wizards and Trials of Disproportionate Dangers to their skill level, the proper way to consume a classic holiday treat, and some words of wisdom for 2019. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. This week we cover a lot of ground. I saw the brand new Grinch movie out of Illumination Studios and we talk about that for a little while. I cover a Christmas classic and talk about another one in Songs of the Week. We got new Harry Potter chapters. I talk about one of my all-time favorite holiday treats for you to consume. What with your mouth parts. But before we dive into all of that, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping stuff. Number one, last week on the... Or not last week, apologies. Earlier this week on the 16th, last Sunday... I held the For Everyone stream. Uh, that was my my holiday kind of, not gift, but that's what I wanted to do for the holidays was I wanted to do a big stream that everybody could watch. And it was a lot of fun. Played Dark Souls for a couple of little hours. We all had a great old time. And if you want to watch the next part of the Dark Souls stream on the 23rd of this month, you will have to be a Patreon subscriber on the Going Upcast Patreon, at least at the $5 level to get access to the private live stream. Links can be found at goingcast.com slash Patreon for all of those people who wish to watch me be really good at Dark Souls because I'm really, I'm really, I'm terrible at Dark Souls. I died so many times to enemies I should not have died to, but that's fine. Everything's cool. I'm over it. You gotta see the rage factory that becomes me when I am playing the Dark Souls next Sunday on the 23rd of December, right before the holidays. It's going to be very good. It'll be the last stream of the year, but of course there is a new monthly live stream every month thanks to Patreon and all of your wonderful support. Just wanted to talk about that right out the gate, right out the top. But now let's move on to the first thing in the podcast. Hey gang, so for this segment of the podcast, I want to do a a sort of... um, not really memorial because they're not really going anywhere but for me it's kind of impactful because for the last nine years I've been watching a a YouTube channel called the super best friends and I so nine years ago was 2009 I would have been a sophomore in high school 2009 no no I just started high school I just started high school in 2009 and I was watching the super best friends do their machinima stuff back way back in the day. And I loved, I loved their content. The, the, the core duo of, um, Pat and Matt and then Wooly and Liam beyond uh, a couple of years down the road, they made some of the best content I'd ever seen on the internet. Super funny, super knowledgeable, especially whenever they played like old Resident Evil games or uh, any fighting games. Um, the the Friday night fight casts and the Saturday morning scrub lords shows and all their travel vlogs. It was it was all so entertaining. And if I, I fast forward a couple of years, in 2014, I went to um, PAX Prime for I believe the first time I think this was my first PAX and it was right around the time Amiibos were being announced Evolve was a thing Bloodborne hadn't come out yet and I met the Super Best Friends Uh, it was probably one of the only times all four of them were at the same convention 
uh, for any reason. It, so I got I got a picture with with all of them, and uh, they were super genuine and super amazing dudes. And in years since, I've bumped into almost all of them again. Um, I've ran into Pat at conventions for a number of years now. I've seen Liam a couple of times. I've seen Wooly a bunch. Um, I only ever saw Matt the one time, though. And they were all super nice, super genuine. They loved what they did. They loved their fans. It was it was such a such a wholesome community they had developed and built around this brand. And in recent years, um, we kind of we kind of saw glimpses of this when Liam uh, decided to branch off and start doing his own thing. And I love what he's doing. He is doing streams. He's super fun to watch. Um, it's it's very entertaining. You can watch him on Twitch at RSS Liam, um, which stands for Rising Superstar because he's just the fucking best. Uh, you can find him there. I highly recommend you check him out. And Angriest Pat at Twitch and Matt McMuscles at Twitch and Wooly Versus, I believe, on Twitch. You can watch them all stream. Um, they were doing podcasts and all sorts of stuff. And today being the 16th of December, they finally decided to call it quits with the Super Best Friends moniker. Um, it's been it's been almost a decade since that whole thing began. And we all know this is coming for pretty much all of our creative individuals across the internet. Eventually, the, the sun will set and we won't see new content from a lot of people. Eventually, it will fade away. Um, but it's kind of nice to know that while they won't be necessarily making a lot of stuff together, we can still watch them as individuals do more focused content that they enjoy making. Like Angriest Pat is doing a lot of Twitch streaming and watching him play Dark Souls for the 90th time is always a blast. And I love him and Paige. They're such a good uh, duo to kind of banter back and forth with. Matt and his wife have been streaming a lot lately as well. I enjoyed the hell out of their Pokemon stream the other day. They were adorable to watch. Wooly's doing a bunch of fighting game Kirby lore stuff, and Liam's doing every awesome Japanese weeaboo game you can think of, uh, including um, Nier and, uh, oh god, I'm I'd be willing to bet that he's also going to do Kingdom Hearts when that lands, because he's been building, he's been streaming all the other Kingdom Hearts games building up to it, so... All very exciting stuff. But what I wanted to do here was really just kind of... They're never going to hear this, and I've already sent my thanks to them individually. But I loved the Super Best Friends, and I still do. And I watch them all individually all the time. And it's just... It's sad to see them go, um, knowing how much they've impacted my life and how long I've been watching them. It's been, it's been almost a decade, and I think we can all agree that... From high school to beyond college, those are the most formative years of your life. And for them to have like a say in how I've become who I am um, since then, you know, that's that's pretty it's pretty fun to look back on. So I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the super best friends. I'm gonna miss their shows. I'm gonna miss the camaraderie they had. I'm gonna miss the podcast, which went on for fucking years. But of course, like all these things, you can always go back and watch watch the old stuff. And uh, it'll always be with just a hint of sadness that I go back and watch the old videos and just be like, man, they, they were really awesome. They were really fun. If you never watched their stuff, I recommend you check them out. They were, and still are, some of my favorite creators out there on the internet. And it's just, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a sad day. I know this podcast is all about making people happy and stuff. And they did for, 
forever and they still do make me happy. Um, but sometimes it's important to remember that you can't have the good days without some sad moments in between. And it makes the good days seem that much better because you've got something to compare it to. So thank you very much, Super Best Friends. Matt, Pat, Liam, Wooly. You guys were fucking awesome. I loved watching your stuff every every day, basically, for like the last nine years. And I can't wait to see what you guys do in the future. And more power to you. Thanks for, thanks for the good times. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. So this week I'm going to do a little bit of cheating when it comes to talking about the holiday movie because this is the third rendition that I am aware of of this particular film. That's right, it's the How the Grinch Stole the Holidays from the Poor Who's and just shit all over them. So it was the Illuminations version of the Grinch, which is called The Grinch. Um, Went and saw that in theaters. And... In my opinion, this movie, or this version of the film, takes, like, the best bits from the previous two and just kind of slaps it together. It has the classic songs from the original um, anime TV special. So, from way back. It's got the original of those. Um, It's got the weird, depressing Grinch backstory from the Jim Carrey version. And then it takes all those bits and bobs and it kind of smashes them together. And its own new um, telling of the story. It's nothing you haven't seen before. If you've seen The Grinch, you're familiar with the tale. They don't break much new ground there. There's a couple of new subplots that I think add to the message of the film. Um, This movie hits you hard. Um, It doesn't play fair. Let's put it that way. Uh, the the phrase I've been using a lot because it's the holiday season and you see some of those classic commercials of like um, men and women who served in the army coming home for the holidays and everybody's really sad and weepy and like those commercials don't play fair because it preys upon our natural human emotions of that's a really, you know, that's a really powerful thing I'm seeing there. I'm just going to, you know, wipe this tear away from my eye. Um, And this movie is a similar like kettle of fish. It's just... It hits all of those notes that you know it's going to hit because it's a Grinch movie and it's all about him learning the true meaning of the holidays and how love and friendship are the most important things in the world. And, you know, it's just, it's perfectly designed to do exactly what it's supposed to do. And it is a very well-told story of the Grinch. You know, it hits you hard. The the laughs are really good. The feels are really strong. The music's really solid. Um, the one thing I want to talk about with this film is that it's it's a joy to watch just visually. Like, there's a ton of shit going on in the foreground, in the background, that the camera isn't even paying attention to. Like, with these big sweeping shots of the town, there's so much going on. It's a very densely packed film, and there's, like, I want to take it frame by frame and just enjoy the cornucopia plethora of whimsical shit I'm seeing on screen. It was awesome to just sit there and look at things and be like, oh, that's really cool. That's super clever. Oh, I love what that dude's doing over there. All the Rube Goldberg Susian machines that just hand out candy canes. The way the shop stores open up like a pop-up book. It's super whimsical. It's super creative. I loved that. It wasn't just your bog standard. Oh, here's a wacky village. Nah, they took the whack to like way the fuck up. They cranked it way up there. It was crazy. Sitting there going, just, wow, this is crazy. It's so cool. 
Not many films I see anymore in theaters that are worth to see on the big screen, but this was one of them. Just the, the colorful, you know, panorama of the town and all the cool gadgets everybody makes. And the, the montage of the Grinch actually stealing all the stuff from everybody's house is awesome. It's just you know, all the cool fun toys he's got to pull out the way he moves from house to house. And there's this one amazing shot where there's just like the, the, the layered, um, robberies of a bunch of houses all appear at the same time. So there's like 15 Grinches on screen, all doing different things. And it's all really fucking clever and creative. And, ah, oh, it was, it was very good. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to, to, you know, spend a, spend an afternoon at the theaters and it's probably one of the better Christmas movies I've seen in the theaters in some time. A lot of people really liked the Jim Carrey Grinch. I wasn't really one of them. I find, I like this one better, I'll be honest. Um, I mean, the original TV one is still my favorite. But this one was very good. Max is super fun. I'm a big fan of the reindeer. The supporting cast was really solid. Everything about this movie was just really wholesome and on point. And everybody did their job amazingly well in this. And it has fucking Angela Lansbury in it. And I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. Because she doesn't really do a lot of movies anymore. Because I think she's 92 years old. She's way up there. But she's also in the new Mary Poppins movie. So I am I love seeing Angela Lansbury just doing stuff again. And hearing her voice, my head tilted to the side. And I'm like, that sounds like Angela Lansbury. But there's no way it's Angela Lansbury. She doesn't really do things anymore. And oh, holy shit, it was Angela fucking Lansbury. I loved it. I love her voice. She was, she's so iconic. So yeah, it's very good. Um... Like I just said, second best Grinch movie. First one beats it. This is better than the Jim Curry one. So if you were on the fence about it, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend you go see it. It's got all them classics like the Ha Hu Dore song. They sing around the tree and uh, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And also um, Keenan Thompson's in this movie and he's hilarious. I loved his character. Um, is it Bricklebomb, I think was the, was the dude's name. Can't remember. Not really caught up with my Susian lore. So can't remember all the whimsical side characters of the Grinch's story outside of Sandy Lou Who whose name was only decided because it rhymed, I'm pretty sure. But that's neither here nor there. It was a wonderful film. I recommend you go see it. And now let's move on to the next thing of the podcast. This time for Song of the Week, I recorded a monstrosity of a cover that I think is hilarious. So we're going to listen to the thing in its entirety. It's only 39 seconds. But I I love this song. And this song is actually a lot older than I thought. So let's talk about it real quick before you hear um, the the ear-destroying harmonies that I have created. Carol of the Bells. Written by Ukrainian composer Mykola Lenchinovich in 1914. I butchered that. With lyrics by Peter J. Vilhowski. This is a classic song. We all know Carol of the Bells. It's been prevalent and present in at least my childhood growing up and almost every classic Christmas movie I could think of, um, save for like Rudolph and stuff, which didn't really have um, uh, songs outside of its own kind of encompassing bubble. You know, all that song stuff was usually uh, originals. But Carol of the Bells is pretty well known. To me, it always had that haunting beauty that comes with like snowfall and it's cold and dark outside and you listen to Carol of the Bells and it's usually sung very softly on street corners. Just that kind of, it's almost a little creepy, but it's also, you know, 
also kind of about the holidays and you think about it and you hear them way off in the distance just going and then it builds and becomes terrifying um but you know it's a, it's a beautiful song it really it impacts you hard it's got a lot of emotions going on it is butchered by myself um you know there's this new this new fangled thing it's very popular nowadays with the kids it's called acapella music and i was like hey you know what if those chuckle fucks out there making horrible noises with their mouthpieces can do it, so can I. So let me show you what real acapella music sounds like. And let's listen to my version of Carol of the Bells. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cows away, Christmas is here, bringing a cheer, young to the old, me to the bold, ding dong, ding dong. That is the song with a joyful ring, all caroling. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere, filling the air. Oh, holy cow, raising the sun over the hill, telling the joke. Hey, we're hearing songs, we're singing songs of the cheer. Christmas is here. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. On with us and on without end. They're joyful to every home. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. What I love about that rendition is the fact that none of the voices are synced up properly. <laughs> I could have done it with like a metronome. I could have put some like effort into it, but I was like, nah, fuck it. It's going to suck no matter what I do. So I just leaned into it. I just leaned into it sucking. You know, there's plenty of excellent versions of Carol of the Bells. Let me be the person that brings you like the one terrible version of Carol of the Bells. And for the second song, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because this song is in so many other things beyond what I just saw. But this song is in the new Grinch movie. So it ties in. It keeps the theme going. Of one song from the Christmas movie I just talked about keeps it going. But this song is my favorite Christmas song. My personal favorite Christmas song of all time. And that is the Christmas song made popular and performed most notably by... Nat King Cole, written by Bob Wells and Mel Torme, the legendary Mel Torme, responsible for so many incredible songs during the 20th century. It's obscene how many songs he had a hand in writing. But this song is so iconic to myself. Um, as I was reading up on this song, I actually found one very interesting uh, tidbit. So I'm going to tell it to you now. In 2004... That the Christmas song was the most loved seasonal song with women aged 30 to 49. I don't know why that's in the Wikipedia page as like one of the beginning blurbs, but in 2004, it was the most loved seasonal song with women aged 30 to 49. So there you go. Fun fact, Christmas song popular in that demographic. It's really, it's really good in that version. Also, apparently Manakin Cole recorded the song like four separate times throughout his life. It was first recorded in 1946. And then a uh, second version uh, with the uh, the strings that we all that we all know and love um, became a massive hit in both the pop and the RB charts. He re-recorded the song in 1953 with a full orchestra, and then once more in 1961 in a stereophonic version with the orchestra conducted by Ralph Carmichael. It is widely considered that the 61 version of this song is the definitive version of this song. I'm not sure which version I've been hearing my whole life. Probably the 1961 version, because I definitely know there's an orchestra involved um, in my version. But now I'm curious, and I might go back and check out the other ones. But if you want a classic, classic Christmas song, sung beautifully, you will do no finer than the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. Whichever version you end up finding, it is it is my favorite. That first oak chestnuts roasting by the open fire. Oh, man. 
believe me, believe me, if I could have covered this song, I would have. But I can't play that song on the guitar. It changes chords like every six seconds. Um, it's it's far too quick. It's too quick on the draw for me. Plus, uh, you know, you just heard my singing chops at their finest. No instruments involved. Does not get better than the crystal clear version of Carol of the Bells screechily screamed at you in, in 40 seconds off paced and out of sync. If you have a song you would like to suggest for Song of the Week or better yet, a cover you would like to send in for Song of the Week, well, there's lots of ways you can do that, but the two best ways you can do it would be to email me at gomcast at gmail.com. Be sure to, you know, write Song of the Week submission or something in the tagline so I can pick it out. And you can also use the contact page at gomcast.com to send in your requests and suggestions. And I can promise you, no matter what you send in, it's going to end up at the podcast because... That's just, that's just how I roll. You you want to share it? I will be your megaphone. I will blast it from the heavens. I will screech release, sing it right back at you. Screech release, sing. Anyway, go listen to some wonderful Christmas music. It's next week, gang! It's next week! Get excited! Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. the holidays comes many delicious things gifts from others awesome sounds for your ear holes fun movies to watch and most importantly seasonal food you can't get any other time of the year so i'd like to take a hot second to talk to you about one of my all-time favorite items of culinary delights that come around the holiday season and the proper preparation for it because apparently (laughs) people have been doing it wrong and I cannot abide to this. And that, my dear friends, is eggnog. Eggnog is the ambrosia of the gods. It is simply superb. I love eggnog. I love it. I remember the first time I was presented with eggnog. I was like, ew, eggs? Why, why do you put eggs in a drink? That sounds terrible. Who would do that? No, no. I do not want your eggnog. No. And then my dad's like, it's a vanilla milkshake. And I'm like... All right, I'll try it. Give me, a, give me a little snifter, a little snifter and nog. So I tried it, and let's just say, uh, it's fucking delicious. We've never had it. It's awesome. It's dairy ridden as all heck, and this is my first point. You'll find a lot of alternative stag nog on the shelves this holiday season. I'm pretty sure there's such things as the following: soy nog, perhaps even almond nog. You'll find also low fat nog. Yeah, it's out there. Chocolate nog, pumpkin pie nog. Saw that the other day. Peppermint nog. All sorts of delicious nog. There is one true nog that is the only acceptable version of nog. And that is the old-fashioned nog. You want the nog where it's 400 calories per sip. That's the nog for you. No other nog will do. Don't try to bring that low-fat, sugar-free, alternative dairy substance nog to my door. You will be sent packing. Old-fashioned, thick, creamy, diabetes-inducing, heart-clogging eggnog. It's the only way to do it. All right, now that we've clarified that, you've got your nog. I'm gonna, I want you to visualize, or better yet, actually do this. I'm gonna walk you through the steps of preparing eggnog. Now you've got the correct base. You've got the solid foundation of nog. You've got your old-fashioned eggnog. Here it's dairy gold. It's the only way to do it. Old-fashioned eggnog, you just got it. Bam, right there. Half gallon. Doesn't come any bigger. Believe me, I know. I would buy it. Anyway, you got your half gallon nog. Now, now you are left with determining a whole bunch of other things. 
classically, you could put in some liquor. I know bourbon has been used. I know rum has been used. I know cognac has been used. Throw all that shit away. None of it belongs in eggnog. There's many things I will put booze into, but dairy-based items is not one of them. No booze in your eggnog this year. You're going to be straight and sober. Well, probably not, but don't put booze in eggnog. It just, it takes away from the, from the simplistic nature of the nog and you get distracted by the alcohol. I don't drink alcohol to taste sweet things. If I wanted something sweet, I'd drink a soda. I drink alcohol because I want to taste the alcohol, you know? The complex notes, the the lovely mouthfeel, the blah, whatever the fuck. You don't put alcohol in eggnog, all right? Just don't do it. That is a no-go. Put your liquor away. You've got your eggnog. Okay. What you will need to determine is the proper vessel for your eggnog. Now, there's wide and short glasses. There's tall and thin glasses. There's those stupid little wine glasses with, like, the thin stem that no liquid actually sits in. You've got, like, half a glass and you sit there swirling it around like a fancy lad. But my preferred glass for eggnog, now this is the part where I usually lose people, but you gotta trust me on this one, is a pint glass. <laughs> Shut up. Just tr <laughs> Listen, I know traditionally eggnog is served in like orange juice glasses or whiskey, you know, swishers, just small little servings of nog. Not for you, not this holiday season, not the way I do it. You're gonna break out your pint glass and you're gonna fill that motherfucker right up to about three quarters of the way there, all right? Not a full glass, what are we, monsters? No. You're gonna fill it like you would fill any other beverage, all right? Cool. Now we've got all cleared away. Under no circumstances are you allowed to dilute your eggnog with any other dairy beverage, okay? I, my best friend does this and I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's so stupid. He takes his eggnog, puts it into the glass about 50% of the way there. Then he brings in the milk and he fucking fills the rest of the glass with the milk and kind of thins it out. You can't do that, not in this household. Not with me screaming in your ears, no diluting the eggnog. Not with alcohol, not with milk, not with nothing. You can dilute your eggnog with more eggnog, all right? Now you got your pint glass full of eggnog and you're lurking at this thing, probably pretty disgusted with yourself because this is a lot of calories. I think if I was to math it out correctly, you're probably looking at something like a thousand calories in that glass. So just take that with a grain of salt. This is not an everyday thing, all right? That's why eggnog isn't on the shelves all the time because you gotta pace yourself. If you drink eggnog the way I drink eggnog all year round, there's gonna be a lot more, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of eggnog related heart attacks, let me tell you. But you are not done yet. Now you have your eggnog poured out, hopefully chilled. Do not pour eggnog straight into the glass having come back from the grocery store. We are not heathens. We are eggnog consumers and by God, we're gonna do it right. Now, break out your nugget of fresh nutmeg and begin to grate that son of a bastard right over your fresh eggnog, all right? I don't want to see you dusting it from a bottle. I want freshly grated nutmeg in that glass of eggnog. It is not difficult to find whole nutmeg. In fact, most spice places, most grocery stores will have it. Spend a little extra. Trust me, the flavor is so much better if it's freshly grated. Get yourself some freshly grated nutmeg. Do not put cinnamon in your eggnog. All right. Now, after this point, after this point, you should now have a pint glass full of eggnog with freshly grated nutmeg over the top of it. You are now done. You may consume your eggnog, hopefully fairly quickly, because nothing's grosser than warm eggnog. So now you've got a lot of eggnog to drink very quickly, all right? Get to work. I'll sit here and wait. And actually, you know what, here, I have a lovely prepared glass of eggnog right before me. Here's what we're gonna do for the next 10 seconds. We're all gonna chug our eggnog, all right? I want you to take, hold your glass high. This is interactive, come on, do it. 
got it? Good. All right. This is the one moment across the airwaves where everybody listening to this podcast is doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. I want you to feel camaraderie with your brethren. You're all holding eggnog. You're all holding the same cup of eggnog. Feel the other people's hands on your glass of nog. It's kind of weird. Somebody's clammy. Don't worry about it. Just tilt back and go. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Woo! Christmas in a cup. That's what that is. Oh, too fast. And that's how you drink your nog. With with the power of friendship by your side, you can accomplish anything. You can put whipped cream on top of it if you really wanted to, but I don't know why you would do that. It's just It just gets in the way of the nog. So if you want to, like, honestly, here's how I've been doing it lately. So this is how I used to prepare eggnog, and I have done it a couple of times this season, but since I've been trying to get in shape, and I think you'll find that if you prepare eggnog in this form, you're going to get real fucking sick of eggnog by the bottom of that glass. I can tell you that from experience. The, the flavor gets old pretty quickly, and all of a sudden, now you're left with like half a glass of eggnog, and you're just like, ugh. So the legitimate way you could probably do eggnog is you want to do it in a smaller glass. You never want to get sick of eggnog, all right? If you get sick of eggnog from drinking your glass of eggnog, your glass is too large. You got you to gotta wind it back a little bit. Get a smaller glass, pour a smaller serving. You do not want to get sick of the flavor of eggnog by the time you reach the bottom of the glass, all right? So what I've been doing is because in my household, I'm the only one that actually drinks the goddamn stuff. I've just been swigging it right out of the carton. I get like a good mouthful of eggnog. That's perfect. And I put the carton back and I go about and doing other things. Eggnog lasts a lot longer. I get the consistent taste of eggnog without ever getting sick of the eggnog. And as far as the nutmeg goes, I suppose I could just like grate a little bit of it straight into my open mouth while I've got the eggnog in there and just kind of swishing around. But that sounds quite frankly disgusting. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but eggnog is one of my all time favorites in terms of beverages. Some other beverages I'm looking into uh, would be like mold wine and stuff, but I don't want to detract from the nog. So perhaps we'll save those other beverages for other segments in other podcasts. But for now, enjoy your eggnog. Be sensible about it. Be smart. You know, if you do put booze in your eggnog against my judgment and better wishes for you, just do it responsibly. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Another week, another repetitive way of telling you that there's three more Harry Potter chapters for you to listen to. At gormcast.com forward slash audiobooks forward slash book four forward slash you guys should listen to it because it's really fucking funny. Um, that's not the URL. It kind of stopped when I started making the jokes. Chapter 25, the egg in the eye. Chapter 26, the second task. And chapter 27, Padfoot Returns. So there's a lot of really great stuff in here. Uh, today's segment that I would like to fixate upon comes to us from chapter 27. A good old fashioned callback alongside my love of Disney creates a wonderful auditory moment here. Let's take a listen and see what I say. That's what my mom calls him, said Ron, muttering, his ears going red. If that's the best Rita can do, she's losing her touch. Hermione said, still giggling. Hold on a second. I thought somebody knocked at my door, but that is curious because I'm the only one here. Mmm, it's that damn ghost again from book three. Do you remember? Faithful listeners, I do. 
I've actually been dead this whole time. It killed me. <laughs> but of course, there's always my way. Sorry. <clears throat> anyway. Three Harry Potter chapters land every Wednesday night around 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time for your in listening enjoyment. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. We're almost to the end of 2018, but don't worry. 2019 is going to be chock-a-block full of Harry Potter chapters. Just you wait and see. But for now, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. And finally this week, I want to talk about a couple of things that kind of coincide with the holidays that we never really take time to think about. And that is the end of the year and the beginning of the next. A lot of things occur with this fairly influential important transitional period we all experience on an annual basis for example you'll find a lot of your friends and family are going to say something along the lines of 2019 ah that's the year everything's gonna turn around that's the year everything's gonna come up millhouse i'm gonna go to the gym i'm gonna start eating right i'm gonna be better person to my correspondents and friends and stuff. I'm going to do one new thing a day. And you'll find a lot of people will say these things along the, the banner of the New Year's resolution, that annual lie we tell ourselves in order to become better people. But here's the, here's the real dirty secret. Here's the real nitty gritty when you get down to it. it looks both ways, so only, only we know the real secret. You don't have to wait for the calendar to change in order for you to change yourself. Mind blown. New Year's resolutions are a fad and a hoax. Nobody ever sticks by them. True change can occur fucking whenever you want it to. If you don't like the way you look physically, you can go to the gym any old goddamn time. If you want to change the way your eating habits have been trending, you can do that whenever you want, all right? You don't need to wait for the new calendar. See, what the calendar change provides is an excuse for people to be like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. Diet starts January 1st. Now, the diet can start right now. You don't, change won't wait. You've got to make it happen, all right? I, that, it bothers me because I, like, I was like this for a long time, all right? I always told myself, 2019, you know, that's the year it's all going to change. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start eating right. And a couple of months ago, I went, fuck it. The year's taking way too long. I'm going to get started now. Impatience is a great motivator. All right. I was too impatient to wait for the calendar to change. I started eating better. I started working out more. I am thrilled with the changes I've wrought in myself over the last couple of months. Thrilled. But I know I've got a long way to go. But I didn't wait for the calendar to change. And I don't want you to wait either. All right. Life's too goddamn short for you to wait for the next year to become a better you. To become a better person. This might sound a little preachy. And I apologize for that, but it's around the holidays. It's the end of the year, all right? Change can start then, but change can also start now, all right? Why do it tomorrow when you can do it today? That's what I want you to think about. If you were planning some kind of big life-altering resolution with the start of the new year, I want you to think about something, okay? The new year is three weeks away. Are you really going to be ready? And if you are going to be ready, then why aren't you ready now? And if you are ready now... And get to work. Alright? 2019's changes can start right fucking now. But you've got to take the first step and get busy. 
Because it's not going to wait for you. Life's too short. Get cracking. Get those free weights. Get that gym membership. Get whatever you need. All right. Get a diet plan. Buy some leafy greens. Whatever changes you want to make. If you want to do something new every single day, you can start that right now. That's an awesome New Year's resolution. Trying something new every single day. Why do you, why do you want to wait for that? Why are you denying yourself these new experiences that you have already planned on doing for the next year? You've got three weeks of new experiences you could be having right fucking now. So whatever your New Year's resolution, I want you to make the promise to yourself, not to me, not to anybody else, to you. Because it all comes down to you. You don't have to do it for me. You don't have to do it for your friends or your family or your coworkers or your boss or the people that work underneath you or the person across the street. You do it for yourself. You do it because it'll make you feel better. Do it. Get started. Do it right now. Do it right now. There is no reason to wait. A number on the end of a year is not going to change anything. The true change starts when you finally sit up and go, I'm ready to get this party started. Let's get going. That's, that's what I have to say about New Year's resolutions. You don't have to wait. Just do it. Just do it today. Thank you very much for listening to the Going Up cast. Apologies, but got a little emotional. I feel very strongly about a lot of the things that's happened in this podcast, especially eggnog. We've got very, very strong, hard-won opinions about eggnog and New Year's resolutions. So I want you to take all these things, integrate them into your society of your your cultural brain fruits stew on them don't worry there will be an episode next week on christmas day it will be my christmas present to all of you to help wrap up this year wonderfully quick and easy and then 2019 it's right there and i will also be right there on the first of january with a brand new episode i will be the first voice you hear in 2019 giving you all the wisdom for the next calendar year Sounds weird coming right off the heels of what I just said. But don't worry, I've got plans. Got big old grandiose plans. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful week leading up to Christmas. Christmas Eve, the anticipation. Ooh, you can feel it. You can feel it crackling through the air. Like merry time electricity. Just kind of swimming right through the brain stream. I'll see you on Christmas Day. Open your presents with gusto. I can't wait to hear what everybody got. I'll see you next week. Have a good one, everybody, and happy holidays. <laughs>